Hey, hey, g'day one, and g'day all. Welcome to another jam-packed episode of Strange Days. That's right, jam-packed, there's no doubt about it. Room-packed and jam-packed with your host, Emoir South Osman, a.k.a. Uncle Oz. Two to three minute intro, and we shall rock and roll. When she's ten feet tall And if you go chasing rabbits And you know you're going to fall Tell them I've got smoking caterpillar Starting the broadcast. Bit of an intro. And now we are about to go into the file. That's right. My favourite little file. File 101. That's right. 101. Should have all loaded up by now. If everything's going to run smoothly. Internet seems to be running good tonight for a change. Um... Everything seems to be on track. What we've got to do is just get the folder up. Okay, we'll go on to here. Ah, I can see what happened. The old search of Rooney bar come up. <laughs> get you every time. All right, let's go. Usual thing, same as last night, pretty much. Bit of news, reviews, um, some health topics, and a bit of the woo-hoo and strange. A little bit jumbled up tonight, but mostly in order. And uh, we'll kick it off with you think of technology as fun. They think of technology as a way to enslave you. 
That's right. Tony Blair. Listen to this. This, this issue to do with the technology and the digital infrastructure, I just want to emphasize how important I think that is. Because in the end, you, 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 you need the data. You need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, there'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. It's a natural yeah. evolution of the way that we're going to use technology in any event to transact daily life. And this COVID crisis gives an additional reason for doing that. Because, look, I, I could be wrong about this, but when I look at, for example, how you restart some businesses, how you restart international travel, I think people's disease status, for example, have they been tested? What is the result of that test? Um, have they had the disease? Do they have the disease? I think unless you're able to record some of this data in a way that people could use, it's going to be difficult to, to go back to anything like a, a, a near normal in things like, like, like transport. I think you will get to the stage where it's going to be very hard for people to do a lot of normal life unless they can prove their vaccination status. Yeah. I, I think you'll find a situation where countries say to you, you're not coming in here yeah. unless we see whether you've either been vaccinated You've had the disease and have got antibodies or you've had a recent high quality test. And so if people people have got to understand vaccination is going to be in the end your route to liberty. You, so you may you think it's a constraint you, on your liberty. You've got to go and get vaccinated. Can you explain? Tony, the little puppet Blair, eh? At his finest. At his finest. The little shill. When you say you will eat the bugs... What they mean is that they will starve you to death. If there was ever a time for an uprising, it's now. While well, we still have food. And they're getting away with doing something now. They're going into agriculture and threatening to cut off the supply of food because food is causing global warming. And, oh, isn't that nice? Only the billionaires will be able to afford to buy food. And then all the other people will die and because uh, there's not enough food. That's what we're heading for if we continue to listen to these people. And they are about to perpetrate one of the most evil acts in the history of human civilization, which is to cause poverty and starvation to people if they go with this net zero. In order to get net zero, we'd have, first off, we'd have to kill all the animals, including ourselves, because we are an emission of CO2. We are talking about the most important things for the survival of ourselves every day, food and energy. There are no two, there are no, nothing else is as important as those two things. Water, right, is part of food. Uh, they haven't decided to cut the water off just yet. But if they go ahead with what they are thinking and planning, they will cause a ruination the likes of which the earth has never seen. Because there are over 8 billion of us, and 4 billion of us depend on nitrogen fertilizer, which they now say is bad because it's a greenhouse gas or whatever. It, it, it isn't actually a greenhouse gas, but they've got some story about how nitrogen, uh, in the form of nitrous oxide, 
is going to cause the earth to warm up to unacceptable degrees. It's all completely phony. And so is the campaign against CO2, completely phony. There's nothing to it. It's not a real thing. And yet they have made it into a real thing in the West in particular. Russia, India, and China are busy building coal plants and nuclear plants. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bit um, better uh, quality today, actually, because uh, what I've done, I've hooked up my, well, I'm first, I hope it is anyway, I don't know, <laughs> until I listen back, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of a hit and miss sort of thing, because I've um, I've hooked up my Ryobi um, stereo, which has got a little bit of bassy to it, so I've sort of sat it at a fairly decent distance, or just ordered my uh, mixer, I'm really excited about that, that'll come within seven days, they reckon, get out of here, Sniffy, go on. Bloody little vulture. Go on, you can go over there. Damn. Oh, I was just sitting here before and the bloody thing opened up the um the thing of treats I got for it and was bloody out of nose in it. Man, I never know what a dog that can eat this. It must have a bloody high metabolism. I've never known a freaking animal to eat so much and be so bloody thin. Look at it. So it's got that bloody um wild bloody dog thing in it. What do you call it? Dingo, I think. Yeah, go over there. Don't go don't go looking at me. Don't go giving me the sad eyes. Ain't gonna help. <laughs> Look at me with those sad eyes, you know. Please, I'm starving. I've only had five pounds of meat today and six bones. You'll survive. Go and drink some salt water. That's the way. Um. All right. This is a little bit of a... It's actually a seven series. I think it actually goes to eight. But this is part of the series I thought was pretty good. Now, I'm not sure of the lady's name. It's um. It's how vaccines actually started. And it's a shocking history. I just want to play a bit. Play a bit of this. Um, I come across a. I don't think it actually shows you her name. It goes for the next seven generation? minutes. We'll give it at least five minutes, and um, if it's still going all right, because I haven't heard this one. I've only heard about two minutes, and it sounded pretty good. So anyway, we'll give it five. We might go to seven. We'll just see how she goes. Got a lot to get through today. Will not be as smart, and they will not live as long. They know that, and that's what they're working towards. So what I'm saying is, it may be a little depressing to learn how evil these people are. They could have thrown out all those batches that had SV40, could they not? They didn't. They used it right up until the 90s, and they knew that people were going to have an epidemic of cancers. And the cancer industry is a huge, huge industry. Billions and billions of dollars. And have we gotten any closer? No, it's worse. One in two now. It's worse and worse and worse. Have they cleaned up the environment? No. So between, and they know this. Uh, in fact, the, the uh, DuPonts who made all the Teflon, uh, years and years ago, they had their own organic garden. They wouldn't eat the crap, all the pesticide-ridden food they were putting out there. No. No, no. They they know what they are doing. They are not stupid. They think we are. They have nothing but contempt because we believe them. If your kids have had any vaccines, then I've got here, I'm just, I hate having ain't it awful glasses without solutions. 
So, so I'm just telling you a couple of things you can do to uh, waylay some of this. Okay, I've got a little uh, menu here. What you have to do to uh, live past this, all right? Vitamin C is so important. Now, I'll tell you why. Vitamin C is the only vitamin that humans can't make, but most animals, except for, uh, what are the animals that don't make C? A oh, yeah, I just got vitamin C powder I've been having daily, and you got to watch how much you have of that, guys. Unless you're a little bit constipated, if you know what I mean. Bat or something. A guinea pig and a bat. Uh, but every other animal will manufacture its own vitamin C. Now, vitamin C is an antioxidant that destroys poisons in the body, not just for colds. So because we don't make it, we have to take up to uh, 4,000, between two and 4,000 milligrams of C. And I recommend the powder form. You can get it, actually. Um, check out the different prices. I've got bloody uh, kilo of the stuff. Man, this is going to last me for ages. You know, you don't need a small scoop of it. I've actually been taking the last three days. It's called um, Blushwood. I'm taking it every couple of hours, actually. It's supposed to be a, an amazing cancer um, healer that they found. Not that I know that I've got that, but I thought, well, if you've got tumors that ain't inside, you don't know about. It's um, probably a good thing to take. Yeah, it was on um, actually on the actual tv like documentary sort of thing and i got a clip of it actually and i yeah so i ordered some powder form but it's in capsules so that's great it's called um it only grows in australia it's called blushwood berry b-l-u-s-h wood berry and um yeah yeah you can probably type it up on youtube or something that'll probably have the documentary on there unless you're on telegram i can share it to you but yeah yeah so all these little bits help guys that and a bit of ginkgo biloba some vitamin c I've actually got my new uh, mixture of um, uh, four or four um, different um, mushrooms grounded down the powder. And it's actually not bad with a smoothie. The only thing that I, I had that wasn't very palatable with it was um, moringa, moringa powder. It's a bit, uh, I don't know how you put a uh, bitter, real bitter taste. But yeah, the mushrooms actually weren't too bad, believe it or not. So anyway, continuing. Every day. In the morning, not at night, or it could keep you awake. It's an energy uh, vitamin. Especially, this is not the old days, like grandfather lived on a farm, no poison air, no pesticide, no GMO, okay? This is now, wakey, wakey. We are beating off chemicals every day of our lives. We are breathing in chemtrails. We are, we've got the vaccines, we've got the dirt in the air, we've got the GMO foods, the nanotech. Our bodies are being waylaid by this stuff. So you have to do something about it. You need vitamin A. Your body can store this. So don't take more than, with A, 25,000 units a day. I've done that for years. I was fine. And the other one is beta carotene. That's like vitamin A, but it doesn't stay in your system, so you can take even more. 25,000 of beta-carotene every day after a meal, please. Uh, you can't take them on an empty stomach. Take them after your breakfast. Then you need liquid B vitamins, the complex. 
liquid you can get it liquid bees the whole complex not just one one or two you can't do that liquid bees they say actually vitamin b7 is crucial in um healing from um cancers and tumors as well um i think i bought a bit of that up the other night actually about b17 is interesting to look up every day in your drink at breakfast and you need vitamin e is another antioxidant now with vitamin e please do this you'll ensure a bit longer time here unless you're fed up and you want to go <laughs> but vitamin e you have to start with 200 units okay and three months at 200 then you can go to 400 and then you should end up with 800 units a day it will oxygenate your cells your cells have to have oxygen and you're fighting off all this crap they're loading on you and and of course you've got to have the omega oils okay the fish oils you have to have that and uh, they have three they have the three six nine you can get this stuff in any health store please get it and you will see it makes a difference it does make a difference and i also get what is called a liquid i get the liquid uh, trace minerals liquid there are certain fish oils i have studied that aren't all that good for you which is deep sea fish oils apparently because you think about it they're flesh and their um their, their whole system is working on a coldish sort of system and when you um turn these things into product produce you know you're using heat therapies and i have i've heard detrimental things about taking those sort of oils i'm not a big advocate actually on any fish oils to be honest with you but um, each to their own, and this is her own lady's finding, so I'll let her just go with it. Trace minerals, just ask for them. You want a liquid, uh, especially when you're older or you don't absorb them, minerals. You have to do that every day. And instead of eating a lot of uh, crap and fast foods with, with flour, grease, and sugar, please, sugar is a killer. You want a little bit of honey and tea, fine. But sugar, cancer loves sugar. Cancer thrives on sugar. This is why in the studies I'm thinking that sugar is an actual cancer feeder, which would make sense that it's more of a, um, a candida sort of issue when you think about it, something that thrives on sugar. And I have heard some studies come across that with certain um, specialists in the field that say it's, it's actually a um, more of a like a candida sort of thing that's growing and that's why sugars react well you hear a lot of people that connect the sugar to the cancer and lack of oxygen as well so that's an interesting study i've come across actually a few people have um, pretty much preached that to the choirs well to the people and it's sort of been underlined it hasn't really been pushed up to the top of cancer and why they form but when you hear people like this that don't even know about that sort of side of it does it makes you wonder well don't they sort of connect the dots there well, what feeds off sugar yeah that would make sense to me anyway remember that and when you eat white flour white dough cakes dessert white flour your body treats it as if it's sugar because it is it's starch 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 the only sugar you you should have is fresh fruit maybe a little honey now and then but you need like four or five 
protein, small protein meals. That's another thing I've come across too with thrush or candidas, you know. A lot of people, um, I know on one in particular family member that went on a strict um, fruit diet and thought they were doing themselves the world of good but kept getting um, thrush in the mouth, I guess, or candida, sorry, in the mouth, and um, just couldn't get rid of it. And um, after my studies years later, I come across the reason why, which was pretty much, what do they call it, fractos, it's still sugar. So he was actually feeding his candida, even though he was trying to do the best thing and stay away from refined foods. He was pretty much doing the opposite to a degree by his diet. But sugar loves your body. The cancer just loves sugar. Do not do it. That's what you don't eat that's going to help, okay? I'm not saying don't have your birthday cake. Like, I'm not a fanatic. Uh, but, and, and get to herbal teas. No, there's herbal teas. Don't take any damn pills. There's herbal teas to help you sleep for this, that, the other. Just go into the herbal stuff. And don't uh, take any of their goddamn pills. Uh, because they won't, they will hurt you. Okay. Well, that's a bit of her. I, like I said, I just don't know her name. So, anyway. That's each to their own perspective. She's obviously done a bit of homework. A little bit of a quick little story I want to tell you. We learn as we <clears throat> we learn as we go because the path itself is the teacher, guys. Every step taken in teaching and molding you into what you were born to be, and when you realize this, you become unstoppable. Life takes on a new meaning. It takes on a purpose, a mission a new dimension, a slowly and slowly nothing will be the same, even if it is, because you will not be the same. As you go, you learn and unlearn. You believe and disbelieve. You break and you fix. You push and you let go. You understand and you don't. You reject and you embrace. You fear and you rejoice. You doubt and you are sure. You know and then you don't. But each step, each up and down and in and out is building you. It's making you, it's shaping you to be someone you will like more. Someone to be proud of. Someone who may not have all the answers, but knows exactly what questions to ask. Someone who may not know what lies ahead, but knows precisely which path to take. We are becoming that someone, guys. And as we do... The world will change, so let's never stop taking the right steps again. What do you think about that, eh? All right, moving right along. Censorship is the big topic at the WEF in Davos. They are scared that word is getting out about their nefarious plans. They are scared, guys. Well, the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation, followed closely by polarization within our societies. These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Changes in our climate and our geopolitical climate. Shifts in our demography and in our technology. Spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition 
and their impacts on supply chains. The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. And this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant, rebuilding trust. This is not a time for conflicts or polarization. This is a time to build trust. This is a time to drive global collaboration more than ever before. This requires immediate and structural responses to match the size of the global challenges. I believe it can be done. And I believe that Europe can and must take the lead in shaping that global response. The starting point for that is to look deeper at the Global Risk Report to map out a way forward. Many of the solutions lie not only in countries working together, but crucially on businesses and governments, business and democracies working together. It has never been more important for the public and private sector to create new connective tissue because none of these challenges respects borders. They each require collaboration to manage risks and to forge a path forward. And this is what I want to talk today about. While governments hold many of the levers to deal with the great challenges of our time, business have the innovation, the technology, the talents to deliver the solutions we need, to fight threats like climate change or industrial-scale disinformation. No borders, did you get it? Hmm. Oh, and no one of anything that's got to say against them, I gather. Just in, an asteroid exploding in the sky above Germany. Quite an interesting little look at that. No one has ever shown that human emissions of CO2 drive global warming. And if it could be shown, then you would have to show that the 97% of emissions that are natural do not drive global warming. It's all a scam. Two minutes, guys. Have a listen to this. I don't have opinions. I have demonstrable facts. <laughs> These facts are validated and these facts are repeatable. Fact number one, no one has ever shown that human emissions of carbon dioxide drive global warming. Never been shown. And if it could be shown, then you would have to show that the 97% of emissions, which are natural, do not drive global warming. Game over. We are dealing with a fraud. It's a scientific fraud from day one. We hear the propaganda that increases of the gas of life, a trace gas in the atmosphere, will bring a disaster and that we will have runaway global warming. Sorry, folks. We've known for 200 years from chemistry 
that it's the exact inverse. Now, I'm sure some of you tried this last night at the dinner with a champagne or a beer and you forgot to drink it and it warmed up and it kept bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And that is the inverse solubility of carbon dioxide. We've known that for 200 years. We see it from the ice cores. When we drill into ice, we have chemical fingerprints that tell us what the temperature was and we have little bits of trapped air. And we can show that when we had natural warming, some 650 to 6,000 years later, we had an increase in carbon dioxide. It's not carbon dioxide that drives temperature. It's the exact inverse. Another fraud. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, many are frauds out there, guys. Well, for them to line their little pockets. Russia has already warned us about disease X eight months ago. Now, this one is um, done in Germany, in German. So I should, it's not very long. It only goes, not even a minute, I don't think. No, it only goes for 20 seconds. All right, I'm going to try and do it. I'll just, okay. Just like in 2019, the USA has started to prepare a new pandemic. By looking for mutated viruses, we do not exclude the possibility of the USA using so-called defense technologies in an offensive um, capacity as well as in pursuit of the goal of imposing global control by creating biological crises. Just like in 2019, the USA had started to prepare a new pandemic. I'm starting from scratch. Right, so you only went for a couple of seconds. Hmm, interesting. It's good to hear what other countries view of things. In conversation with Neil Oliver about the globalist agenda of creating a one-world totalitarian technocracy. Now, this is a little bit lengthy, so I'm just going to play five minutes of this and we'll move along. I've got a lot to get through. I'm not sure the, who he's talking to here, the lady. Um, uh, oh, damn it, it goes for seven. I'm going to play the whole lot. I like Neil. Okay. My next guest, my last guest this evening, Laura Abelley, I encountered her some months ago now. I found her utterly inspiring when she spoke. Uh, a, a message of, of reclaiming our humanity, really, I suppose, is what it boils down to. Laura is here in the studio with me now. Good evening, Laura. Hi, Neil. Thank you. I'll ask you, first of all, when and why did you decide to put your head above the parapet? Because I, I don't think you, had, you hadn't spent a lifetime being out there Oh, addressing right. the public. No, I hadn't. And the when was definitely at the beginning of the pandemic. And the why was my levels of frustration and anxiety and anger, honestly, about the things that I was witnessing, uh, specifically the, the, the destruction of our civil rights and our freedom and our liberties was just getting me to get to that point of boiling, saying, I have to do something. 
And what that was, I had no clue, but I started just writing, you know, to, to express what I was feeling and to really warn people as well, because my sort of, let's call it awakening process started a few years ago. And so I could kind of sense where we were headed. I could uh, envisage what these vaccines were really all about. And I really wanted to warn people. So that's when it all started for me, just out of sheer uh, frustration that something needed to be done. And I'm that type of person that says, I'll do whatever I can, right? <laughs> and where are you now? You know, when it comes to assessing after three, four years, however long yeah. it's been, the ideology that's out there, mm. what do you understand is the end game? Well, the end game really, and it goes, uh, everything that you've been discussing today and your monologue, which was brilliant, by the way, really, really spoke of a lot of the components that are happening at the moment, which really is about establishing a one world totalitarian technocracy. That's what we're seeing. The problem is people cannot connect the dots to form this picture. And so we see seemingly unrelated events like the farmers' protests or transgenderism or whatever the case may be that we're massive illegal immigration, migration. And, and they actually all form part of the same plan. Once you can identify that plan, it becomes really much more easy to say, oh, well, I can see why they're doing that. They want to control the food supply. Oh, well, I can see why this whole gender ideology is being spread across the schools worldwide. This is not just one nation that's suddenly having, no, it's worldwide. And that is already raising a lot of flags. And you can start to see why that is necessary in convincing us to become these semi-human, semi-robotic people under this digitalized grid that they're building. And this is why this whole push towards digitalization is happening. As we speak, digital IDs, digital wallets, you know, that will be linked to vaccination status, CBDCs. They are preparing the structure necessary for that total control. Do you think that at the part of the story is also when we look particularly among younger people that there are mental health issues? Uh, what you just mentioned a bit, that it's uh, when you break down everything that gave meaning to people in the past and you say everything. That's Laura. Her name's actually, I've got it here, Laura Aboli. I know we said it a bit quick at the beginning there. Anyway, I'm not sure who this gentleman is, though. Next to me. The thing that gave meaning in the past is worthless. Like, it has to be different. Like, things have to be done in a different shape, and everything how, how, that we thought was right in the past is wrong now, so therefore do it differently. Do you think this, this kind of de-anchoring, if that is an English word, um, of, of coming generations kind of adds to their frustration, to their depression, to their, their mental issues, and then they might be even more susceptible to the things that you just described? Absolutely. You know, when you actually identify the end goal, which is this totalitarian technocratic reality, dystopian reality, where we are just one more thing in this internet of things. How do you get mm -hmm. us there? You get us by breaking us, by breaking everything that gives us purpose, power, and meaning. And that's the nuclear family that they've uh, attacked. It's, it's, it's completely eradicating God or spirituality from education. It's flooding the streets with drugs. It's giving the young generations no hope for a future. And so all of these things break us. You need to break the human being in order to come to that post-human reality that they're building. So there's so much that has happened already in the last 50, 60 years to prepare us to that point. Um, Do you feel, though, that I have, I have good days and bad days. Do you feel mostly that the tide is turning in favour of humanity or not? It is, and I'll tell you why. This, 
this agenda that I'm talking about, that we're all becoming increasingly aware of, is a very scary, very nefarious agenda. And they have worked at it for decades, and they're still going at it, and we're beginning to see that. Now, there has been a situation where people, for whatever the reason, and I don't really know what that reason is, perhaps because it's becoming more apparent, people are waking up to what's going on. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like the, my, how my kids are being taught at school. I don't like this illegal immigration. Why is this allowed to be happening? Why are they attacking the food supply? Why is energy so expensive? All of these things are making people question, where are we going? Where are we heading? Now, I keep telling people we really only have two enemies, and that is fear and lack of information, lack of knowledge, ignorance. This is why they're going at censorship such a big way right now. Everything is, oh, misinformation and disinformation and even malinformation, whatever that is. So they're really attacking the source of this awakening, which is people becoming aware of things, people becoming informed of things. And when you are informed, you make better choices. And when we make better choices, we stand a chance of saying two, one word with two, two letter word, no. Do you think, sometimes I think we're lucky in a sense, because there's been generations who were not challenged, mm. and now our generation faces a challenge. That's and important. maybe, you know, it's worth being here for the big one. Well, you know, when, when you actually step out of this fear paradigm that we are being fed 24-7, <laughs> and we saw how badly that was during the pandemic. I think people really became aware of this constant fear-mongering from media, entertainment, you name it. Once you actually step out of that fear paradigm, because you become aware of that agenda, and you start claiming your own sovereignty and your own power based on knowledge that you've attained, then things start to change. And I think this is what is happening. And you become empowered, and you think, you know what? I think I was meant to be right here, right now at this time, because I want to make a difference, because I believe we can. You, me, you, all of us, together. I think together. that's right. Run out of time, though. That, I, we are in the right place at the right time. Definitely you, Ralph. That's it for me this week. Thanks to all my guests, Gareth and jones James Melville, Ralph Schulhammer, and Laura Abbey. Thank you so much. Coming up next, Thanks. it's the Saturday Five. No, that was good. He always enjoys um, his interviewing and his own little thoughts and that. Good food for thought, no matter what. Um, <clears throat> mainstream shampoo. Now, this is interesting. Um, we have to do better as a collective, and we need to boycott these corporations who are exploiting the health of humanity for profit. No human being should be absorbing a grocery list long amount of chemicals into their system, like the way people do when consuming these products. Humans never used to have access to these chemical experiment concoctions 70 to 80 years ago. And guess what? They all had great hair and looked healthier. This is why you see homeless folk on the street with a massive thick lot of hair, because they can't afford shampoos. Yet the guy living in a high-end apartment building with all the scented shampoos and conditioners lined up in his bathroom has a receding hairline. Just think about it, guys. Have a listen to this. Another example of how many corporations take advantage of the consumers without them realizing it's taking place. Over the last few years, many class action lawsuits have been filed against the makers of shampoo and hair products containing DM, DM hydantin, and sodium lauryl sulfate. DM oh. That was Jamie, um, Jamie Oliver. Uh, sorry, Neil Oliver. Yeah, Neil Oliver. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, 
I thought it was... I always get him mixed up with Jamie. There's another guy called Jamie. Anyway, I just continue with this. Another example of how many corporations take advantage of the consumers without them realizing it's taking place. Over the last few years, many class action lawsuits have been filed against the makers of shampoo and hair products containing DMDM hydan and sodium lauryl sulfate. DMDM hydan works by releasing small amounts of formaldehyde yeah, causing harmful side effects, <laughs> such as hair loss and scalp irritation. And SLS is an ingredient used in shampoos to trap dirt which also causes skin to become irritated. In 2016, Johnson & Johnson acquired Vogue International for $3.3 billion and assumed ownership for the OGX hair product line. Since the acquisition, J&J has continued marketing and selling OGX hair products to both men and women seeking smooth, shiny, soft, healthy hair. Then they turn around and sell products like Rogaine, which is the brand name version of Minoxidil, the over-the-counter topical drug that can help treat hair loss. But unfortunately, it's not just Johnson & Johnson who's facing these lawsuits for putting these type of ingredients within their hair care products. Here's a couple of the brands that are facing the same class action lawsuits over the last few years. <clears throat> All right, they're going too quick for me to mention. Anyway, stay natural. North Korea agrees to further strategic and tactical cooperation with Russia as the two countries work to build a united front in the face of their tensions with the United States, guys. Iran asserts military advisors to forcibly continue anti-terror mission in the region. Well, isn't that something? Has the UK got a finance cost? Is it a trick question? Because the UK doesn't have finance. The city of London has, and it's not part of the UK. Good answer. Good answer. It's international, is right? The city of London is outside the United Kingdom. Do you know that? It's, it's really shocking. And it, therefore, it's also not part of the EU, which explains uh, the. it couldn't be part of the EU because you have to have democratic elections, and the city of London doesn't, right? It's, it's the banks that have the votes, right? Right. Per staff, you know. Right. The okay. of, how do you, how do you start yeah. unpacking this puzzle? I never knew. That's a very useful piece of information. And of course, it's not part <laughs> it's of the a UK. Very dangerous piece and of information. And it's not part of the UK because the Queen is not allowed to enter without permission. She's not the sovereign. Therefore, it's not part of the UK. You know. And of course, that's since you know 1688. Well, since the foreign invasion. <laughs> hmm. City of London, China. China's working on Wuhan virus 2.0, question mark. Well, China is at it again. It's playing with fire. What I mean to say is it is experimenting with a deadly new COVID-19 strain, as per reports. And this one has a mortality rate of 100%. You heard that right. None of those who have been infected with it have survived. Have a look at this report published in BioRxiv. Doctors trained by Chinese People's Liberation Army are conducting these experiments. They have made their own version of coronavirus found in pangolins. The intensity of this new strain is astounding. It has sent alarm bells ringing, by the way. Chinese scientists have issued warnings. They fear the virus strain can spill over to human beings. Yep. They want. If you are suffering from cancer in different parts of the body, such as the kidneys, uterus, ovaries, prostate, colon, no matter where you have cysts or cancerous tumors, this drink is your salvation. Just as it was for my neighbor Ramon Hilario, who had been diagnosed with terminal kidney cancer, and according to the doctors, there was nothing more to do. 
But since he began to drink this miraculous drink, the cancer began to give way and disappeared completely. The first ingredient is aloe vera or aloe vera. Aloe vera strengthens defenses, improves digestion, metabolism, cardiovascular health, deflates and attacks bacteria, viruses, and cancer cells. The second ingredient is molasses. Molasses contains isoflavonoids with high antioxidant and cytotoxic activity, which helps fight cancer. The third ingredient is honey. This decreases the viability of tumor cells, decreases the risk of metastasis. Remove the aloe vera gel and incorporate it into the blender. Add a quarter cup of molasses and two tablespoons of honey. Leco until the ingredients are well integrated. Then add a spoonful of gin. You can apply the ingredients to get a greater amount. You should have a small cup on an empty stomach. Many blessings. See you tomorrow. Next on my little list. <clears throat> um, childhood vaccines are filled with ethyl mercury, another hazardous ingredient. It's um, interesting that heavy metal detoxes and other detoxes can help alleviate or even cure autism and other cognitive disorders in children. Have a listen to this. Recovery of these kids. That time of year again, time to start thinking about those flu shots. Ooh. Also, there's a possible treatment for autism that some say is curing children. Baxter Burley looks and acts like a normal six-year-old because he is. That's why it's hard to imagine that at age three he had full-blown autism. The same regional center that gave him the diagnosis, the same group of people reversed his diagnosis. Something else that reversed the amount of mercury in his system. It went from a high level of 13 to what's considered almost negligible, 0.5. No longer considered autistic. No longer considered autistic. That was a, a big day. We actually call it the day he lost his diagnosis. We call his second birthday. We see children that come through that are severely autistic and, you know, within a year they're mainstreamed in school and out of the spectrum. Some children turn around in a number of months, other children take years. We started with the special diet. We started with lots of supplementation geared at healing his body, helping his body detox from the heavy metal exposure he had. Um, we, we did chelation, missile B12 injections, we rented a hyperbaric oxygen chamber for our house. The self-stimulatory behaviors that we saw so much of are all gone. He's not um, covering up his ears. We went from the baby who had no language and no social interaction and was lost in his own world to a child who is very verbal and very social. Um, he's very much engaged in relationships with everybody in the family. Quinn has a best friend. He wants to see his friend every day. He and wants his friend wants to see him. Are you filming a movie? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and they're following me everywhere. He'll say, you know, when I had autism and, and then talk about something that we weren't aware of how he was feeling. Imagine what could have been done to recover these children starting clear back in 1999 when the CDC first realized what was causing autism. Over 12 years later, they continued to tell the same old story. 
CDC is not certain how much... While there's no simple explanation for the increased changes in the definition of autism or an improved diagnosis and increased recognition. And even though some doctors are recovering these kids, the CDC continues to waste even more critical time by turning a blind eye to it. How much longer will we allow those who have caused this epidemic to be in charge of solving it? Yeah, well, of course they would. They've probably got bloody all got shares in the damn company, haven't they? All the um, the problem companies to help these children out with all the bloody medications. This is Stu Peters with none other than... Why is this such a danger and why are oh, people just now starting to... Damn. Oh, well. <sighs> What's his name? What's his name? Oh, my God. I just forgot it. Oh, well. Russia Pooh did a brain there, guys. Bit of brain for you. Talk about this. In 1913, there was no Zionist project in America. The issue is Jews. If we keep on saying the word Zionist, the Jews love that. This is just bull, okay? The problem is Jews. It was the Jews who bribed Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson to get them him into World War One. This guy is very interesting. He's actually Jewish himself. He was shacking up with a woman. Cheating on his wife at Princeton. So Samuel Untermeyer was a big uh, macher in, in uh, the Jewish world. And he put it to Wilson. You get us into World War I or we expose you. That's what the Jews do. They blackmail and they bribe. Jews are intrinsically, by nature, they are antichrist. <laughs> Moses said it as a warning. He called them a crooked and perverse generation. In the Old Testament, we call it the Tanakh growing up. St. Paul brought it home to fruition and called them a crooked and perverse generation. They're contrary to all men. They forbid us to preach the gospel. They're dogs. Then our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ said, beware of the synagogue of Satan. He didn't say Zionists. Ah, I still forgot his name. Bloody hell, he's obviously a Jew turned Christian. Right, the next one. The criminalization of Australians for wanting to be Australia. Australian. Have a listen to this. What's going on over here, guys? This man is Jacob Hersant. He's the first person charged under Australia's odious new anti-freedom of expression laws. He's been charged for raising his arm in an act of defiance. He used an outstretched arm and hand. If he'd used a closed fist, as many Aboriginal and black activists do, he'd be lauded instead of now facing jail as a major offender, which means solitary confinement for the full extent of any sentence as he's considered a high-profile prisoner. I will not be with other inmates because the Australian government, whenever it is dealing with nationalists in the prison system, will give them the major offender status. It doesn't matter if it's not a very serious crime, like a political gesture, you will be classed as a major offender and you will be put in solitary confinement for the whole of your sentence. This is a form of torture that the Australian government uses to persecute people who have politics that they don't approve of. The Roman salute was originally used in Rome, sometimes verbalizing its meaning with the accompanying hail, followed by the emperor's name, as in Hail Caesar, which translates to Long Live Caesar. 
Over the eons, the salute and derivations of the salute have been used by innumerable organizations, movements and groups to unify and signify allegiance to a leader, state or system of governance and rule of common values. The Bellamy salute, created by Francis Bellamy in 1892, was a similar Roman salute gesture used for the Pledge of Allegiance in the United States. Children in schools were giving the Bellamy salute into the 1940s. The Roman salute is also the official salute of the International Olympic Committee, so we can assume Australia will not be a contender for any more Olympic Games, as it will have to arrest the International Olympic Committee and any Olympic winners when they accept their medals and give the Roman-like Olympic salute. Clearly, nobody was thinking in Australia when in 2023, the politicians were strong-armed to ban the Roman Olympic salute to appease a notorious ethnic pressure group with undue influence in Australia. The Roman salute was popularized in plays and films during the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It was depicted as an ancient Roman custom. In 1919, the Italian Gabriele D'Annunzio adopted this salute as a neo-imperial ritual during the occupation of Fiume, influencing its incorporation into the early 20th century Italian fascist movement. The salute was later adopted by the Italian fascist regime in 1923, becoming the National Socialist Salute in 1926 and gaining prominence in Germany in 1933. Post-World War II, displaying the German National Socialist variant of the salute became a criminal offence in several countries, including in Germany, Austria, Czechia, Slovakia, Poland and now Australia. While in the salute's homeland in Italy, it remains controversial. The gesture persists in neo-social and political groups who borrow from Rome to the present. Jews have viewed the salute as anti-Semitic and have used their considerable wealth, money and influence to get their way as notorious influence peddlers, coercing and buying, bribing and blackmailing to have the Roman salute outlawed and banned. Such bans generally signals a nation under Zionist influence and paranoia. The latter is a group Jewish trait, as a recent American-Israeli study identified a Jewish gene that predisposes Jews to mental illness, including schizophrenia, sociopathy and paranoia. Yet these people are directing Australian law by political captured handmaidens. A recent seminal study conducted by Israeli and American scientists has found that Ashkenazi Jews have a higher risk of developing mental disorders such as schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder and manic depression. The Jewish study published in Nature Communications revealed that a specific gene variation increases the chances of experiencing these disorders by approximately 40% among Ashkenazi Jews and by 15% in the general population. The research led by Professor Ariel Darvasi from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem and Dr. Todd Lentz from the Feinstein Institute for Medical Research involved the largest ever sample group of Ashkenazi Jews. Out of the 2,500 Ashkenazi Jews who contributed DNA samples, 1,500 were healthy, while 1,000 were affected by mental disorders related to schizophrenia. It's Jews with these DNA traits that are meddling in Australian politics and seeking to direct Australia's foreign policy. Multiculturalism is the prevailing policy of weak nations. It eschews homogeneity by race and values, such is now the case in Australia, who formerly had the white Australia policy to protect the nation's unity and national cohesiveness that produced communal peace, upheld shared values wealth and delivered prosperity that now racial interlopers covet for free. This is the prevailing policy of the Australian government that never asked Australians whether they wanted multiculturalism instead of social cohesion. Australians never got a say. That the white, the so-called white Australia policy will always be a stumbling block. 
I don't think it's such a stumbling block as people pretend, but that it's important for us, I haven't the slightest doubt. That we should maintain it the way it is? Long oh, this is Robert Menzies. As we possibly can, we ought to aim at having a homogeneous population. I don't want to see reproduced in Australia the kind of problem they have in South Africa, or in America, or increasingly in Great Britain. I think it's been a very good policy, and it's been of great value to us. And I, uh, most of the criticism of it that I've ever heard doesn't come from these Oriental countries. It comes from wandering Australians. For these years, of course, in the past, Sir Robert, you have been described as a racist. Have I? I have read this, yes. Well, I'm, if I were not described as a racist, I'd be the only public man who hasn't been. That's one of these jargons, isn't it? One of these mod words you call a man a racist. Today, Australia is increasingly becoming a mutt nation of misfits, racial intruders, and a gaggle of new arrivals hungrily seeking economic largesse, which is the legacy of a once homogeneous nation of common purpose created by the white Australia policy. Today, Australia is a racial cauldron of division and discontent, where nationalism and love of country and culture is despised and viewed as a national security threat, attracting the worst of punishments for anybody who challenges the prevailing Australian multicultural oligarchy, who threatens multiculturalism and its weak, tenuous bonds that don't produce national strength, but institutionalize weakness for malcontents and enemies of the nation to exploit. Multiculturalism preserves loyalty to other nations, cultures, peoples, or races. It's not about assimilation, but preserving differences. This is the diversity is strength paradigm we hear about. It's an inversion statement, a lie wrapped as a truth. Up is down and down is up. This is the stuff of George Orwell's 1984 and Alice in Wonderland. Anybody threatening multiculturalism in Australia are equated to domestic subversives who at any moment could trigger racial combat and cause open animosity to fracture and atomize Australia, and hence they are considered a national security threat. This is what's behind Australia banning the Roman salute gesture and offending symbols. How ironic that such bans are generally equated to more dishonorable fascist states, but Australia acts as a corrupted, twisted derivation. Australia is now seeing open division, fractures and discontent over Zionist Israel and its conduct in Gaza. The Australian Islamic community and Jews are at odds. The latter are notorious political influence peddlers and the malcontents who killed off the unifying white Australia policy that pushed, lobbied and agitated for the laws to ban the Roman salute, paraphernalia, logos and symbols that offend Jews, but not necessarily the wider Australian community and certainly not Muslims. Devere Abramovich of the Jewish Anti-Defamation Commission and a gaggle of Jewish organizations with few members, if any, were behind the repugnant laws which could see Jacob Hersant jailed and consigned to solitary confinement. Before the agitator Devere Abramovich, it was the Jew Walter Lippmann who championed multiculturalism in Australia to divide the nation to make it more hospitable to Jews, who resented white majority Christian dominance for more Jewish dominance in accordance with their wealth accumulation, great fortunes, deep pools of corrupting money and Talmudic sense of Jewish supremacy. Unfortunately for the Jewish mischief makers, their multiculturalism experiment has backfired. They're now screaming anti-Semitism slurs over the Australian domestic backlash by Muslims and the Australian wider population, over the Israeli Zionist genocidal atrocities in Gaza and more general Jewish mischief and menace. 
Australian Jewish influence peddlers like the notorious Mark Liebler, the Melbourne Jewish tax minimization lawyer to Jew billionaires, is apoplectic that Australia and its community isn't falling into line and unquestioningly supporting Israel. The Australian government is trembling over Gaza as the weak bonds of multiculturalism could give way at any moment, plunging Australia into social disarray. This would have never happened under the homogeneity of the white Australia policy. The inevitable next step on the slippery slope into Australia's brand of fractured fascism is restricting freedom of speech, which is the bedfellow of also restricting the freedom to use gestures and symbols as logos for thoughts, policies, values, or represent the dominant prevailing culture. The Christian cross and the golden arches of McDonald's are typical examples of quick reference symbols to visually convey meaning. The Roman salute and now banned paraphernalia and symbols are the same. They convey and represent 1984 like wrong thought. Only the worst of punishments awaits those who challenge the state and its laws of enforcement of its will. Jacob Hersant therefore faces jail, but not only a jail experience amongst the general prison population. He instead faces solitary confinement as a political enemy of the state and the worst of worst of offenders. For what you might ask, for the Roman salute. He physically harmed nobody, but is treated as a clear and present danger to Jewish-sponsored and policed multiculturalism. To think that Australia was once the proud nation of nationalist prime ministers, Robert Menzies, Billy Hughes, Edmund Barton and others who were proud of their people and race. They knew the importance of homogeneity. It's a sad state of affairs today that most Australians don't know who those men were or for what they stood. In today's globalist Australia, they'd be treated as enemies of the state, like patriot Jacob Hersant. Australia needs to rediscover its proud nationalist heritage that built Australia before its plunge further into the abyss. As long as we possibly can, we ought to aim at having a homogeneous population. <clears throat> Very interesting, eh? Yep, one big cesspool, divide and conquer. That's what they want. Everyone up against each other. Now, we've heard Alex Jones' bit of shilling and all that lately and how he's transformed from his early days. So let's go back to Alex Jones 21 years ago. That's right, 21 years ago, young Alex Jones. Yes, there have been oligarchies throughout it. This only goes for 40 seconds. I forgot to mention how long the last one went for. Okay. And oligarchies throughout history. And yes, today in 2002, there is a tyrannical organization calling itself the New World Order, pushing for worldwide government, a cashless society, open borders, total and complete tyranny. And by creating open borders where there's no national sovereignty and only global bodies that control all the resources, by centralizing and socializing health care, the state becomes God, basically, when it comes to your health. And then by releasing diseases and viruses and plagues upon us, we then basically get shoved. And there was just a little bit of a funny after the WEF just announced that with no borders. Damn bloody tastic. Um, this next one's stop participating. Crash the system. Just do it. Stop waiting. This is by... I forget his bloody name. Um, oh, here we go. Let's have a listen anyway. We just got the Come together and do one thing. Stop participating. And when we do that, the game is over. When we literally say, Monday morning, we're not going to go to work. Imagine if 30 million people didn't go to work Monday. Imagine if 30 million people didn't buy gas on Monday. Imagine if 30 million people 
went to the bank on Monday and said, I want to withdraw all my money. They can't even give it to all 30 million because only 15 percent of the cash is available on hand at any given time. The rest is fake zeros and ones. That would collapse the banking system in one day. You see the power in that? You have the power. We all have the power. But what's keeping us back from doing this? Fear. Oh, my God, if I don't go to work, I'm going to get fired. And if they don't participate in it and I'm the only one that doesn't show up for work, we're all going to I'm going to lose out and I'm going to not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to pay my make my car payment and so forth and so on. You see the you see the trap they have us in. They have us in this system where we're afraid to work together Man, we're brothers. We should be, you know, link up. Let's do this together. We need to come. Yeah, ah, I forgot his damn name. Oh, I've played him a few times, only oh, one of those forget forgetful name bloody nights, I tell you. Um, on the decline, patriotism, religion, family values, and community. This is a little graph I've got here from 1998 to 2023. Patriotism was 70% in 1998. Now patriotism is 38%. Religion was 62%, now 39%. Having children was um, favourable, 59%, now 30%. And um, community involvement was actually 47. Then it went up to 62 a couple of years later. Now it's down to 27. Money is um, on the actual increase. No, um, money is actually, it's going here. Actually, it's between 31 to 43. It hasn't um, varied too much. Next on my little list. President of Belarus, Alexander Grigorievich, expresses gratitude to Russia and, and announces acquisition of Iskander missiles with nuclear warheads for Belarus. President of Belarus, Alexandra, extended his thanks to Russia for the support in the previous year, revealing that Belarus has now obtained um, Iskander missile, missiles equipment with nuclear warheads. He mentioned that deploying these missiles would necess necessitate approvals from the key figures, including at least the head of state, the Minister of Defence and the National General Staff. <clears throat> London police employ live bait strategies to apprehend thieves. The London police have started employing a unique tactic to catch thieves, using officers disguised as intoxicated individuals. These undercover officers roam potentially risky streets at night, acting as bait to lure criminals into attacking. Once an attack is initiated, their colleagues who are hidden nearby swiftly emerge to arrest the per uh, perpetrators. Very interesting. I often thought about that as a um, vigilante to go out there like really like a crippled, you know, go down the streets at night to get these... Um, sort these little creatures out and um, once attacked, turn around and do some Kung Fu child on them, on them if you know what I mean. Siri, uh, Sierra Leone encourages biometric national ID card, guys. The National Civic Registration Authority of Sierra Leone is urging its citizens and residents to register for the biometric national ID cards introduced early last year. It's coming, guys, more and more, country by country. Mandatory digital ID for accessing government services in Ethiopia. Yohad Zamashiel, executive director of the Ethiopia National ID Program, announced in an interview with local news portal Sugar that 
Ethiopians will soon need a digital ID to access government services. Another country on the list, eh? I've had one I've had one for just over ten years and no, they will not let me have a meter. They have to read. My EMF detector goes crazy at three and closer to four away it's zero. Protect yourself from EMFs and 5G guys. Have a listen to this. ABC. Millions of homes, but some homeowners claim it's making them sick. Energy companies say that smart meters are really the future, but more people are coming forward concerned about what they believe the devices are doing. Here's 7 investigator Jonathan Carlson. Carol Garcia showed us the smart meters on the back of her Rochester Hills home, but she says she's scared to stand near it for too long. Bloody nose, headache, vertigo, nausea, insomnia. Are the symptoms she says she's suffered from since she moved in. Within the six months, I started having these health issues. She blames it all on the meters, which use electromagnetic frequency to send DTE energy power usage data. She even showed us letters from her doctors asking DTE to allow her to opt out of the new meters. Right now, we don't have a choice and an option. She's not alone. 7 Action News has been reporting on this debate for some time. Last year, we heard from other Metro Detroiters. Feeling like your head is in a vice. Tinnitus in my ears and a little bit of ringing in my ears. But DTE contends the meters are safe and secure, low-power radio transmissions are used. They also say they've only gotten a small number of complaints. Garcia believes that's because the public isn't aware of what the meters are doing. At least one state representative has stepped forward showing concern the issue could end up in Lansing. We're in Rochester Hills tonight. I'm Jonathan Carlson, 7 Action News. Hmm, very interesting. I've got 20 minutes to open lines. I'm not going to get through all this by the looks of it um, if anyone calls in, but you're most welcome to. So I'll bring that up. I'm going to play a, a, a brief song in 20 minutes. And then if anyone would like to call in, if you're around, if you need to go away, get a couple. Come back and join me for half an hour. Anything goes, guys. It's your platform. You got something to say? Come out and say it. Nothing to do with what I've even brought up. You want to publish, um, you know, um, provide info about a show you like or a sharp coming shows that you're doing yourself. Anything like that. The platform will be yours. If not, I will continue with my list. <clears throat> I've got a handy little guide here. Of um, it's called Linolic L I N O L E I C acid in cooking oils. Not a very good thing, guys. Much of all the damage done by frying comes from oxidation of linoleic acid. So lower is better. On the chart of this chart, the highest to the lowest. Now, I'm not going to do the percentage. Oh, I'll, I'll do it roughly. Yeah, let me take a sec. So sunflowers, are, uh, sorry, I've got to get this up. It's a bit blurry. Safflower is at the highest at 70%, followed by grapeseed, 70 as well. Well, on par. Followed closely behind by sunflower, which is 68, then corn, 54, cottonseed, 52, soya bean, 51, rice bran is 33, peanut, 32, canola, 19, which I thought actually canola would have been up a lot higher than that myself, but anyway. Coming down a little bit on the level would be olive oil, only about 10 or on studies 3 to 27% at times. Avocado is 10%. Lard is 10% and palm oil is 10%. Tallow, in brackets CAFO, is 3%. Butter, CAFOs, are 2%. Coconut oil, 2%. Tallow, grass-fed and butter at the very best is at 1%.
watch what oils you use, guys. <clears throat> now, there's a lot of problems, like um, there's a high oxalate content in certain greens, especially, um, oh, what was it, uh, spinach. Spinach has a very high oxalate content, <clears throat> but there are actually greens that are actually quite good in it, um, very low in oxalates. Kale's one of them, um, also iceberg, um, collard greens, mustard greens, bok choy. Um, now, I've never heard of this one. It's called B-I-double-B -B lettuce, or I guess lettuce in general. Um, romaine, um, arugula, and green and purple cabbages. I actually quite like um, just raw cabbage, actually, the purple cabbage. Either cabbage is quite nice, nice and cold. Um, studies and get your premium food grade. Food grade in its purest form without anything. So this was a bit of an ad. The truth behind every pharmaceutical, including over-the-counter medications, is that each one slowly depletes essential vitamins and minerals. Did you know, after childbirth, there is about an hour-long neurological window of opportunity where the baby naturally makes direct eye contact with the parents. The eye contact triggers a mass release of the critically important chemical called oxytocin, the love and bonding chemical, which the newborn requires for optimal mental health. Today, hospitals treat newborns with an antibiotic eye wash, which keeps their eyes from opening, stopping any eye contact from being made. If the child goes without his eye contact right after birth, their oxytocin or love receptors are significantly damaged. <clears throat> um, this one I can't really produce. It's to do with um, electrical magnetic frequencies can also heal, but we're not taught. You can actually find that under that title in Rumble. Before one of the resets, they were fighting face-to-face -face with electrical magnetic weapons and armour was used to protect soldiers from this, not from swords. Um, I don't think they've got a, a presentation. I'll just quickly play. No, nah, no, nah, I remember this now. Yeah, this is just an, showing you actually what they're doing with these frequencies or technologies. Do you know wal walnut consumption could paralyse and kill parasites in your body? If you want to make sure the body is constantly getting rid of parasites, then you need to be eating walnuts. That's because walnuts contain a natural molecule called juglone. And juglone inhibits the ability of parasites to reproduce. And it actually paralyzes them on the spot so that the intestines can flush out the immobilized parasites. So be sure to eat walnuts as often as you can to keep your intestinal tract healthy and strong. If you're going to use walnuts for parasite cleansing, which is one of the best because it actually para paralyzes them and then you flush them out. I'm not a big one on actually killing them. I think that's the best technique is to paralyze them. So what you do, you can have a walnut or walnuts, obviously. I've actually got a herb from um, India that does the same thing. It paralyzes them. And then about um, an hour or two, I usually wait about an hour and a half-ish, uh, maybe two. Um, I'll have a Sometimes I'll have another one, I'll have it, and then I'll have another hit an hour later, and then about another hour or hour and a half after that, I'll um, use either magnesium powder or my vitamin C powder. Either one is a really good um, cleanser for your, if you know what I mean. Comes out your bum like a bullet in a gun, so to speak. So it's really good for flushing you out. 
Um, that's why you got to watch how when you have um, don't have too much magnesium powder or vitamin C because it can do that if you don't want that to happen. But I just find a level um, teaspoons pretty pretty sufficient. When you get into two or three, then you can start getting the runs with it. But for that process, it is worth taking to to deliberately actually do that. Um, potentially tainted pet foods. Now, I'm not sure on the actual graph here. It's called uh, Pet Parent Consumer Report of Bloody Diarrhea, Vomiting and Lethargy, Food Refusal with the Feeding of Four Health, Akana, Blue Buffalo, Hills, Instinct, Kirkland, Merrick, Origin, um, Organics, Pure Balance, Purina, Royal Canaan, Cellar and Chewies, and Taste of the Wild. Try to avoid those in your giving it to your um, your dogs, guys. Next to my list, you need magnesium. Now I've got a study here, but I'm not going to actually put it on because I will probably lose this. Which I'd rather just stay with this. But I'll give you the link. There's a really good link to look it up. It's called "What Are the Health Benefits of Magnesium?" and of course other things you can look up. It's a really good website. It's called Heal Flying. H-E-L-T-H-L-I-N-E.com. Really good site. And um, you can also go to healthline.com slash nutrition slash magnesium benefits. And um, yeah, go from there. Really good site. You need magnesium cream. Um, it stops leg cramps, actually. Magnesium cream as well. You can actually get the spray. I've got a spray bottle of it. You can buy um, a lot of shops actually sell it. Um, don't know about chemists, but health food shops, you'd probably come across it. Let's go to your natural, um, even in your, your local shop, uh, shopping centre, whatever it is, your groceries and that. You could probably find it in the dental area and, um, you know, section of your grocery store. But it helps in leg cramps, muscle twitches and restless leg. Use a lot until the it subsides and then back off until you need it again. I don't really go much on the spray, though. It's a little bit funny on the skin. It's a bit like I know the benefits of something else and I just can't stand the oil, but I, I try to get it on as much as possible, which is castor oil. Another amazing um, thing that, to use for your body, especially for body pains and things. There's a thing here called Cancer Cured in 48 Hours by Blushwood. Now, I think I just mentioned that earlier. This is Blushwood Tree. This is the actual um, thing that was done literally on a... Um, uh, like a current affairs slash news show here in Australia a couple of years ago, and I never heard much more about it. This may get blocked, um, it says here in the source. Okay, so you can actually type that in. Type in Blushwood, B-L-U-S-H-W-O-O-D, and you can go and still probably find that on, by the looks of a bit shoot. So just go to bit shoot and type that in. I think you've got to be pretty... Pretty spot on with the spelling. Um, it's not like YouTube where it will, you know, try and find something close to your spelling. So that's the only thing we'd be you'd want to watch out. Have a listen to this, guys. Um, yeah, only in Australia this this berry comes from. Good job, thank you. The words cure and cancer don't often go together, but a single injection of a berry found only in Australia's far north is now thought to cure many types of cancer. It's been tested on animals at death's door and now on humans, making tumours disappear in just 48 hours. In the depths of the Queensland rainforest grows a small seed with huge potential. 
this is an extraordinary drug, it's a unique drug and it really is something quite different. Derived only from Australia's blushwood tree, EBC46 is a molecule that can fight cancer. A full tumour destruction within seven days. Following astonishing results shrinking solid tumours in animals like Oscar, world first human trials have now begun. For melanoma sufferer Denise Powell, joining the trial was a chance to avoid amputation. My cancer surgeon said, I can take that one out. If you get any more, then you might lose an arm. Instead of more surgery, EBC46 was injected directly into the tumour in Denise's armpit. Less than 20 minutes, the tumour had gone purple, then black, then within a couple of days, the tumour just kind of shriveled up and died. This first stage trial is using safe, low doses, but even early results look promising. Surgery treats most tumours, about 60% of them worldwide, and to do that you need an operating theatre, but with EBC46 you could go along anywhere. When injected, EBC46 triggers an immune response, activating white blood cells to attack the tumour and shrinking it to nothing. So far, the treatment targets solid tumours such as melanomas and cancers of the head, neck and breast cancer. If this rainforest remedy is found to be safe and effective in humans, it could offer a whole new treatment option for cancer patients, especially the elderly, who can't face another round of chemo or go back under the knife. The second, larger phase of the trial begins next year. Dr Andrew Rochford, 7 News. Really interesting. Um, there's also a, a forgotten Native American recipe that kills cancer cells as well in vitro. The extract of the long-used Native American plant is called chokeberries, C-H-O-K-E-B-E-R-R-I-E-S, can target and kill cancer cells. Complete list of the latest experiment frequencies that's been reported as helpful. Now, I've got the list here. It's nice to be going through them, um, but they're, they work on the Hertz spectrum. Say, for instance, for your adrenaline, your blood cells, normalizing red blood, cell production, normalizing white cell production, blood pressure, normalizing and endocrine, stimulates the immune, and all these other functions that goes on and on. Um, all around the spectrum, they're all different Hertz. Um, just a quick look between 600 and 800 hertz. Some of them go up to 1,434 hertz. One's 15, 24 hertz for cell production and on. Adrenaline function, 13, 35 hertz. Very interesting graph, guys. Have a listen to this guy. See what he's got to say. Nothing about that. Off topic now. He goes for 20 minutes. Decided to I'm going to play um, five minutes of him because I've got no idea what he's on about. I'm sure I've listened to it and it wouldn't be on my list otherwise. But we'll give him five minutes. Uh, actually, what are we up to? All right. We'll give him three. And if it's Find out. going Take any better, if it's going good, we'll go to five. Look, in 2023, nearly a quarter million illegal aliens entered the United States every month. Nearly all of these illegals follow the same mass migration trail that starts in Quito, Ecuador, and ends at the U.S. southern border. So we decided to follow the trail ourselves. Along the way... We discovered secret Chinese staging hotels, crossed through the world's deadliest jungle, embedded with an illegal alien caravan, rode the Mexican train of death, and finally were kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel, just hundreds of feet from the United States border. That's part of a brand new documentary from the team at muckraker.com, and I'm joined by the team that put it together, Josh Well, there you go, you just said it. I haven't got the link. 
don't even know how to actually spell it. Well, please, another minute, let these guys introduce themselves. Together, Josh Rubin and Anthony Rubin, brothers who followed the exact route and the invasion from start to finish, and they join me now. Uh, guys, nice to see you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to see you as well, man. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to have you. And this is an incredibly hard story to follow. You're going through jungles. You're going through raging waters. This is not an easy story. It's why so few journalists have actually uncovered this story. What made you decide to follow this invasion from the very beginning? Okay, so obviously they're doing their little thing through there. These are um, indoctrination camps for schools, guys. Children as young as four will be able to change their names and gender at school without their parents' consent under the law of LGBT inclusive guidelines drawn up by the Scottish government. There's one for Scotland, guys. What do you think about that over there, guys? Eh? You send your normal kids to school. The kid comes home brainwashed and retarded. Homeschooling is the absolute answer. Blah, 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 blah. That must be horrific kids going to school these days. Hemp seeds. Hemp seeds are a nutritional powerhouse and is one of the most nutritional, complete sources of food out there. Not only it has more protein than any other plant-based source out there, it has complex a complex of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, essential fatty acids and fibre. Hemp seeds. time fibre, omegas, vitamin E, phosphorus, magnesium, potassium, antioxidants, complete protein, magnesium, and anti-inflammatory. Per gram of hemp has more digestible protein than soy, more digestible omegas than flax, more digestible fiber than kale. What's, what is it? It's good for the brain function, immune function, weight loss, inflammation, the skin, and it reduces the risk of heart disease and cancer. The highs, calcium, iron, um, amino acids, fatty acids, vitamin A, enzymes. Check it out, guys. Hemp seeds. You should stop using iPhones, period. They are taking a secret infrared photo of you every five seconds. This lady does a little experiment with hubby. Have Wild to and this. crazy Friday night findings. We just discovered, which we already knew, that your phone, an iPhone specifically, takes an infrared picture of you with your face ID every five-ish seconds. And we looked at it through an infrared camera, and it's pretty wild. Let's show you. Okay. Have your home screen? On the home screen. Not touching anything. No buttons. Okay. Infrared lens on the camera. Boom, there was one. Two. <laughs> That's so wild. Okay, cover the camera. Okay. Oh, there was another one. Okay. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's trying. It's taking pictures of your feet. <laughs> I'm actually going to order one of them next week if I can got the finances on the infrared scanner. Thought it'd be interesting. You can actually buy them as well, which I'm going to get eventually is um, one that um, goes around and picks up any um, listening devices as well. Could start my own little business and go around homes and tracking devices on cars and all those other sort of things, guys. Fascinating to see, eh? Who's tracking you? Who's putting things on? You know, be good for work situations just to see oh, what's going on here. Well, let's have about a three to four minute um, break so I can grab myself a cuppa and we'll have an open line when this song's finished or when I come back and finish the song, I should say, because the song goes for about eight minutes. And um, yeah, if not, I'll continue on with my strangest days. That's probably sure coming up more and more. Things will get a bit more bizarre and weird. 
And um, if not, I'll just save it and roll it over for my next show tomorrow night, the stuff that I haven't got through. All right. So I reckon the best thing to do now, if you want to call in, grab yourself a cup or whatever, and we'll have a good half an hour yarn. If not, I'll just continue. I reckon I'll go for another half an hour and produce it. I was a bit tired last night, actually. I um, only got an hour and a half, and that was about it. I was zapped. Especially had a big big show on outside about um, Project Bluebeam. Pretty full on reading, guys. All right. One for you, BC. Our old mate. The Guru Conspiracy. Man. An illusion so large it will escape their perception. And those who will see it will be thought of insane. We'll create separate fronts, they won't see our connection. We'll show no liaison, that's how we'll behave. One drop at a time, never bringing suspicion. Prevent them from seeing the changes occur. Secretly silent, advancing our mission. An invisible weapon, a dark saboteur. We'll weaken their minds, keep their lifespan short. With metals in foods in the water and air. An organized multi-pronged heavy assault will be incognito so no one's aware. We'll blanket with poisons and they'll lose their minds. We'll promise a cure, more poisons we'll give. Destroying the systems of all of mankind. Making it harder and harder to live. Slowly, surely, never stop. Step by step, drop by drop.
moving right along. What else have we got lined up here? Let's have a look. We'll get out of that. We'll go back to that. Where are you? Oh, I didn't lose my page. Jeez. I was expecting that to go right to the bottom again. Nothing to do the scrolly rolly. Oh, that's good. How are you feeling these days? Do you experience frequent energy drains, fatigue, brain fog? How about your anxiety, your depression? Easily frustrated, concerned and scared about what the future may bring? This is due to electrical magnetic weaponry, also known as 5G cell towers. They work in a microwave frequency in the 30 hertz range and can cause serious illnesses and elements. This radiation can cause disruption on a cellular level. They've done an experiment with monkeys and it caused apathy and aggression. Wireless manipulation of the human brain was first achieved in the 1960, uh, 1950s by Dr. Josie um, Delgado. It's called, um, his name's Del, Delgado. It's a bit hard, to, the writing here, guys, I understand. Who was um, who was a re renowned professor of um, psychology at the Vale University? Using electrical magnetic fields, Dr. Josie was able to alter the electrical signals in the brains of humans and animals. He could wirelessly induce different moods like apathy, depression, mania, sleeplessness, and even aggression through these waves. <clears throat> Crimes of fraud. Bill Gates told the President of the United States twice in 16 and 17 not to investigate the ill effects of vaccines. He said, no, that's a dead end and that would be a bad thing. Don't do that. The actions speak for itself. Have a listen to this. Some never before seen footage that gives you a good idea of what one of the wealthiest men in the world, Bill Gates, thinks of the President. Bill Gates took questions during a recent Gates Foundation meeting with staff, and he talked about meeting Donald Trump. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, so I, I never met Donald Trump uh, before he was elected. So I saw him at Trump Tower, you know, I said, hey, science and innovation is a great thing. You should be a leader who drives innovation. And that conversation was about a broad set of things in energy, in health, in education. You know, pick things you want to do that are big. HIV vaccine, you could, you know, accelerate that. Be associated with innovation. And uh, then the second time I saw him was uh, the March after that, uh, so March 2017 in the White House. In both of those two meetings, he asked me if vaccines weren't a bad thing because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines. And, and somebody, his name is Robert Kennedy Jr., was advising him that vaccines were causing bad things and I said no that's a dead end that would be a bad thing don't do that it's clear now well all the insurance companies are showing anybody who takes a vaccine much higher risk of death over the next year the, the insurance companies are blowing up with deaths all over especially in young people I just hit yesterday um the millennial generation the mortality is way up the vaccine accelerates death from other causes so if someone has cancer the vaccine accelerates that 
If someone has heart disease, one's more likely to have fatal heart attacks and strokes. The blood clotting, it's undeniable the vaccines cause blood clotting, which is a, a common cause of final death as a large blood clot travels to the lung or in the brain. Justin Bieber's wife had a blood clot in the brain. All the athletes dying on the field, you can see it all over. The vaccine is incredibly risky and it is basically it's achieving its goal. If, if the goal was to reduce the world's population, it's working. Banned SLN clip from the 1998. Now, this is a cartoon that you should definitely watch with your kids. This skit only aired one time before it was pulled from the air and banned from ever being used again. Now, why would that be, guys? Let's have a listen to this pulled from the TV clip. body's largest organ. Dermal absorb, absorb, absorption happens when a chemical goes through the skin and travels into the body. Many chemicals used can damage organs if they penetrate the skin and enter the bloodstream, such as poisons like sunscreen. Have a listen to this. Going back a few years as well.
A clean skin is a healthy skin, and your skin will look smoother and clearer when you use Dorothy Gray Salon Cold Cream. It's so quick and easy, too. Takes no more time than improper cleansing. For particulars of this Geiger counter story, write for this test booklet to Dorothy Gray Limited, Box 18, Grand Central Station, New York City. The truth behind the pineal gland explained by science. My interest in blaming this mystical science of the pineal gland is really thinking of the pineal gland as the brain's radio receiver. And it can only be activated through a certain process. When this latent system switches on, the arousal that's created is energy moving from the body right up into the brain. And that energy rushes all the way up into the pineal gland. The moment that happens, the brain goes into what's called gamma brainwave patterns. They're having a full-on sensory experience without their senses. And whatever's going on between their ears, the vision that they're having, they're not visualizing. It's happening to them. And the person now is literally in a whole nother world. They're in another dimension. That's why the pineal gland is called the third eye because it's a profound vision. Once the autonomic nervous system switches on and it goes into gamma brainwave patterns, that radio receiver has tiny little calcite crystals, stacked rhombohedrons that are on top of each other. And those crystals begin to shimmer. They begin to oscillate. And now the radio receiver is activated. And when the brain... Oh, cut short there. Don't know what happened. Very weird. This is completely stopped. And those crystals begin to shimmer. They begin to oscillate. And now the radio receiver is activated. And when the brain... Nuts doing it again. Really weird. I've got to load it. Oh, what a shame. It was halfway through it. Ah, well. Plenty of information out there about the pineal gland. Anyway, you can go research all that up. This is a good one to reduce um, cholesterol and um, unlock arteries in one week. Drink this to reduce cholesterol and unclog arteries in one week. Garlic contains a bioactive compound called allicin, which reduces the production of fat cholesterol. Garlic also clears out clogged fat from arteries and is excellent at reducing blood pressure. Ginger is great for the functioning of the liver, increases metabolism, and regulates blood sugar levels. It also inhibits how much fat your gut absorbs and plays a major role in reducing cholesterol. Cinnamon speeds up metabolism and simultaneously increases insulin levels in the body. This prevents increased storage of fat and enables you to lower cholesterol levels. Lemons have high levels of flavonoids and vitamin C, which help lower cholesterol levels and improve cardiovascular health. In addition to reducing bad cholesterol, this drink will also help you lose weight and avoid heart disease and stroke. Check out. All right, moving along. NATO is part of the WEF slash Fed cartel. Everything NATO does is lies and murders since 70 years. Check this out. Oh, for a fact, these poisoners. This goes for, oh, it's only goes for a minute. Just a quick one here. On people. He doesn't believe in the worth of each individual. We must do everything we possibly can 
to stop the terror. Now watch this drive. Poison. What's in this G drink? Yo, if you are a parent, please, please, please keep watching this video because this might be the most important information to protect your child's health. Understand that this drink right here, Gatorade, is extremely toxic and poisonous for your child's brain. <laughs> literally one of the worst things that they can ingest and i'm going to tell you why right now this has something called red dye 40. this is a petroleum-based artificial food dye that has been directly linked to things like anxiety depression and autism and there's a reason why this food dye has been banned in many other countries around the world so please check out my Instagram stories right now for a much better solution. Much love. Peace. His story is nothing but lies and fabrications that they all agreed upon. They lied to us about literally everything. You can never find truth. All you can do is find false. Five minutes. Drop it and get rid of it. And eventually when you can't get rid of any more false... What you're left with is the truth. How much false can you find? Because there's lots in history. I was looking around the internet and came across the images of the 1893 Chicago World Exposition. And it blew my mind because it looked like ancient Rome in the middle of downtown Chicago. And as I looked at it further, well, here's another one in Philadelphia. Here's another one in St. Louis, in Buffalo, in San Francisco. And then as soon as they were done, they tore them all down and threw them in the garbage. That just told me there's something wrong with all of these. The story of the expositions is, is a gigantic lie. And I think it's so huge of a lie because I think they're right at a bridge point when so many things about the 1800s that seem strange and weird, right as this sort of period ends of unbelievable strangeness and all of a sudden these fairs spring up all over the world with impossible buildings buildings we're talking about which are colossal structures chicago built 700 acres of fair in supposedly less than two years st louis built 1200 acres of exposition buildings one of the buildings in chicago the manufacturer's building would house 300,000 people there's a giant statue in the middle of the lagoon it was called the golden lady and it was known as the Statue of the Republic. It was 65 feet tall. They say it was covered in gold leaves that had copper underneath, but others speculate it was actually made out of solid gold. So you're talking 65 foot high, potentially solid gold statue. We're talking giant structures and looking like ancient Rome with towers and domes and columns and the most fine, ornate pieces to them in these record, unbelievable times. Then as soon as they're done, chuck them in the garbage. Like Jackson Park is a swamp. 
So supposedly they had to drive down tens of thousands of wooden stakes in order to support the weight of everything. They dug out massive lagoons, lakes. They had a canal system that ran through the entire exposition. They also had an above-ground electric train. An electric train, well, where's the electricity coming from? It's running around the park. They had a moving walkway down by the shore. Not enough people are asking, where does this technology come from? Just to frame it, if I'm not mistaken, the Chicago Fair was the first time people had seen electric light. Tesla's the one who got the uh, electricity contract for the Chicago Exposition, and it was certainly more than all of the lights anyway that were in New York City at the time were at the Chicago Exposition. Now, it must have been mind-blowing for most of those people who had only seen gaslight or candlelight at night to see that city lit up in such a way. Again, count the ways, 1901. We are told, whether it's true or not, the idea of being able to electrically do anything hasn't been around that long. And this fair is bizarre. This is supposed to be Tesla's fair, where he managed to somehow move electricity from Niagara Falls to Buffalo for the fair. No one's really explained how he actually did that. And at the middle of the fair is a 395-foot-high electrical tower, on top of which, of course, is a female golden statue called the Goddess of Light, that this thing was lit up by some suggest half a million electric light bulbs. Again, when you look at the photos of this thing, it's just, where do they really get the power from? I mean, think of what it would take today if you had a place with no electricity and no way to pipe it in, the generators that would have to be built. For example, there's a building that went up for the Barcelona Exposition in 1888. It was claimed to be the fastest built building in the world, 5,000 square meters, capacity for 2,000 guests, 600 rooms, 30 apartments, and it was supposed to be built in 53 days. This is supposed to be a time of horse and buggy. The two-year building times are actually impossible unless the two most likely theories would be either A, they had a technology that they're not supposed to have, and it really was built in that time frame. Even if they built them, they had to build them out of marble and stone in record time, or the buildings were already there. They'd been there for hundreds or thousands of years, fixed up, refurbished, repainted, hence the term whitewashed, which is the term that was used for the Chicago Exposition, which was paint all the buildings with this brand new spray paint that they had just developed to spray paint all the buildings in record time so you couldn't tell if anything was old or anything was new. How long did these things tend to stay open? When they built these things, supposedly over two years, which is the narrative, how long were they there for oh, six open months. Six months for the public to come. And then what was amazing, for example, in St. Louis, two days after the fair ended, they brought in a demolition team from Chicago with explosives and blew the thing up. They actually used dynamite to blow it up, and they say threw it in landfills. Things like the World Fair shows there was a time in our past, and even not that far in our past, where humans seem to be at a completely higher level. Human living and human knowledge were constructed into the buildings using cymatics, using sacred geometry. These fairs, they're so important to study because the history that we know right now as history was invented at the time these fairs were going on. One of their underlying nefarious purposes was to teach a historical narrative to the population that they were supposed to believe and agree with. And scarily, the world we're walking into today is in some way has its origins during the time of these fairs. Hmm, very suspicious, very suspicious. The same game being played then is being played now. Coincidence, you may ask? Listen carefully. Died. Two minutes. One third of the entire world population was infected. There are several very interesting things about the Spanish flu. First of all, it didn't start in Spain. Secondly, it wasn't a flu. There's more. 
But let's start with these two, shall we? If it didn't start in Spain, then where did it? In the U.S. If it wasn't a flu virus, what was it? It was a bacteria that caused severe and in most cases lethal pneumonia. Long story short, during the first half of 1918, an experimental bacterial meningitis vaccine cultured in horses by the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research in New York, now the Rockefeller University, was injected into soldiers at Fort Riley. The so-called Spanish flu was a vaccine experiment gone horribly wrong. Two million of them went overseas. They fought under poor sanitary conditions, so the bacteria spread like wildfire wherever they went. The story was then spread that these soldiers would come home with all sorts of European diseases, so the American population was vaccinated as well. Who was in charge of that distribution and mass vaccination program? The Rockefeller Institute. Who was the main scientist in charge? Dr. Frederick Gates. Well, well, well. Those who survived became cloud adults. Poppy Gates. Meaning they spread the bacteria to others, even the non-vaccinated. In modern COVID days, we would call it shedding. The vaccinated infecting the non-vaccinated. Amazing coincidence, right? Frederick Gates then, Bill Gates now. Rockefeller Initiative then, Rockefeller Initiative now. Apple down fall far from Disease the tree. Disease developed in Fort Riley, US then. Disease developed in Wuhan, China now. Close down societies then. Close down societies now. Cloud adults then, shedding now. Mass then. All for our own good, our own safety, back then, and now. Very interesting. Now, this is what the maggot Gates has got to say, and then I'm going to take it out with a song. So thank you all for listening. I'll um, give you a little bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek of Billy Boy, the Killer Gates. Hello, useless eaters. As your unqualified, non-elected global human health overlord, I'd like to take this opportunity to flaunt my position of power and influence over society and share some of my plans for you and your future. When I amassed my fortune in computer software, I demonstrated that I was willing to lie, steal code, cheat my partners, and exercise monopolistic control to destroy my competitors. Now that I've retired, I can rebrand myself as a humanitarian. With my for-profit foundation masquerading as a charity, I can advocate for population reduction and sponsor mass human experiments with unproven vaccines in vulnerable populations. Like my father, a powerful banker, eugenicist, and Rockefeller crony himself, it's always been my ambition to decide who lives and, more importantly, how many have to die. Whether it's under the guise of climate change or world health, it's really all about controlling and culling the human herd for fun and profit. In November of last year, I hosted Event 201, a war game simulation of a global pandemic. 
leaders from private corporations, global banks, governments, and the media got together to strategize ways they could align in lockstep when responding to a worldwide health crisis. Using a coordinated campaign of fear-mongering, intimidation, social shaming, and economic blackmail, we realized that we could get around dangerous philosophies like individual liberty and national sovereignty. With an obedient population, we would be free to implement our own top-down solutions like forced quarantines, social distancing, contact tracing, and mandatory testing as a means to seize technocratic control of society. Now imagine my excitement when we had the opportunity to release, uh, declare our own global pandemic. It was my chance to look like the Nostradamus of public health and to position myself and business partners like Dr. Fauci as the de facto authorities on response and solutions. Through exaggerated doomsday scenarios and computer simulations, our petty control freaks instituted harsh rules and draconian lockdowns. Yeah. Should be really proud of yourself, you little freak. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining me on this journey. Um, hope you got something out of it. That'll be up soon, sooner than later. And um, I'm going to take it out with a little bit of a song called The Secret Covenant Part 2. I played a bit of it before. This is by the conspiracy music guru who I, once I touched base with him, who was happy to come on my show for a bit of a yarn. Um, he's produced quite quite a few records out there he's on youtube you can find him and um yeah some very good conspiracy songs he's been around for a while i've played him here and there over the last year or two and um this is one of his latest ones this is part two of the part one that i played earlier so um all right we'll take it out and then the show will end take care all be like catch catch you on the next episode of strange Opposites too give illusion of choice, but we'll own both sides. Control opposition so we never lose. If they want a leader, then we will supply. They'll turn on each other, we'll make sure they do. Violence and wars they will want, they will plead. Anger and fear is the weapon we choose. The solution is fighting, is what they'll believe. The hate will be blinding, they'll turn on their neighbors, bathe in their blood and they'll do it with gust. We'll make them believe that their comrades are traitors, we'll fuel them with anger, disdain and disgust. Over and over we'll put in their heads, their friends are the enemy and they should be scared. Over and over we'll fill them with dread. Keep them forever in states of despair. Slowly, surely, never stop. Step by step, drop by drop.
them money and keep them in debt, their labor and slog will richen us more. Keeping them busy with drudgery and sweat, they will work hard but still remain poor. And when work is done, they'll be tired and frail. They'll be so exhausted, depleted and drained. They'll be so consumed, they will never prevail. Utterly blind to their bondage and chains. And if they rise up, we will crush them like bugs. For they will relinquish to us all their weapons. The fight will be easy, for they'll have no guns. Defeating our rival in a matter of seconds. We'll take all their land, resources and treasure. Stealing their freedom or what they have left. They'll be so fractured they shan't work together. Damaged and miserable, pained and distressed. Slowly, surely, never stop. Step by step, drop by drop. Revealing our hands. 